Blog Talk Radio. Anyone charged with a criminal matter has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting that can ignore evidence and facts and determine matters as they see fit and conclude matters based on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? If you're not, you should be. Good evening, everybody. This is Marty Oakley, and this is the TS Radio Network. And we've got a bang-up show for you again tonight. We've been looking at this guardianship issue from several different angles of what's the purpose, why are they doing it, what's to be gained. And we're wrapping up the tail end of it, and we're going to be talking again about uh, these chop shops that – are trading in body parts and we believe that's a lot of what's happening to the elderly in guardianship is when they pass away this is why the family isn't notified till weeks later um, they're parted out or sold in whole to universities research institutes and they can be trafficked all over the world there's very few laws concerning this but anyway we'll get on to that uh, joining me at co-hosting is of course cuz say hello cuz hello Thanks for having me me again, another fun Friday here. There you go. There you go. And also, we have got Reverend Ralph. He's back with us this week. Say hello, Reverend. Good evening, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, Like I say, there's so much to talk about and so much to do. Um, We, of course, have all waged a battle of one kind or another, if not several. And on several different fronts, as I've said before, we've talked to senators, representatives, governors, the DOJ, the FBI, the police, the sheriff, you name it, we've been there. Nothing happens. They come out with one bogus law after another that does nothing but target families and community members, but won't even mention the word guardian or professional guardian, won't mention anything about these tribunals, and as I've said so many times, you the system. It is not meant to be fixed. It is operating exactly the way they intended it to run. There, it isn't broken. It is very efficient, and it has to be done away with. If you're going to guardianize someone, you go into a civil court. These people have not committed any crime. You go into a civil court, and you bring your evidence. And you make your claim that the person needs to be guardianized. And if they want a trial by jury, let let it be. Um, why you can't have it? But see, that's the whole thing in here. Due process. There's no due process. Uh, freedom of speech. There is no freedom of speech. You can't speak for yourself. They won't let you. You can't represent yourself. They won't let you. And in the few cases that they do, they do everything they can to shut you up, to discredit you. And But they don't follow the rules of evidence, the Code of Civil Procedure, none of that. Um, 
they're actually this is an outlaw outfit these tribunals they don't abide by the law they don't question the law they don't refer to it because it's all code and regulation statutes that the stakeholders always watch for that word that means the people that are intended to make money off the system and we use the word stakeholders so we don't have to identify them particularly um but this is who created this system the stakeholders this would be attorneys professional guardians the college of probate judges and they're not judges they're ministerial clerks or uh, hearing examiners they are contracted to the same agencies you're coming up against dcf or afps uh, social services whomever it is and they can be contracted to several agencies at once they also every time a motion is brought against someone in their court in their little tribunal they get a piece of the pie every time so if you're on the east coast that's two to four percent and as you move west it's four to six percent of the value of the estate every time a motion is brought in front of them so think about that one and plus their paycheck plus whatever they're getting on the side to rig all this stuff because as if most people will tell you that have been corralled in these courts it was already decided before they ever walked in the door uh, between the attorneys for the guardian the guardian and the hearing examiner it's a done deal you don't stand a chance not a chance and I have to give um I, I keep going back to Britney Spears how quickly once this went viral and it was all over the country what was being done to her how quickly she was out of this and that's what this needs is exposure and we've been exposing it so have a lot of other people and yet nothing is done to stop it but the fact of the matter is we got a government that desperately wants rid of anybody over the age of 60 some say it's even as low as 50 we are considered useless eaters we are non-producers in most cases. We no longer can be taxed in many cases. So we provide nothing to the government, our Social Security. And they, there's this constant um, barrage of advertisements and stuff that flies around the net about how, you know, people on Social get enough free ride and they're getting something for nothing. And that's not right. Listen, we paid in for 50 years or more into that system. We, we're here to collect. And I, if I hear people say, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme, it's a Ponzi, so is your insurance company, but you keep paying that, don't you? And nobody, nobody, nobody gets Medicare for free. After years and years and years and years of being taxed for Medicare, you get Medicare, there is a monthly premium. That can be anywhere from 133 up to $855 a month depending on what your average income was. You go to the doctor, there's a copay. The most they will pay is up to. doesn't say they will pay 80%, but that's the max they will pay is up to 80%. That other 20% is paid by the patient. Then there's the donut hole from 2500 to $5,000 where they pay nothing at all. That was a big gift to the insurance companies. So we routinely see medical facilities and physicians crank a bill up till it falls into that category to get the insurance company off the hook, at least temporarily. And all those bills fall on you. 
There's the co-pays on your prescriptions. We don't get prescriptions free. We don't get a, a discount price. We don't get anything. In fact, they gouge us every time we go. Thing that we do has a copay associated with it, plus the premium on top of it. And by the way, if you see have people who are telling you, oh, get one of those Medicare Advantage plans, all that is is more insurance. And you'll come out better paying your co-pays out of your pocket than you will if you try to pay a monthly premium to one of these insurance companies. You know, it's a, it's a Medicare Advantage plan. No, it isn't. There's no advantage to it. And uh, But that's, you know, it's all a, a game. It's all a damn financial game. And it's like they're going to keep wrenching money out of us as long as we're breathing. I just, the whole thing just makes me want to blow chunks. Uh, that I would be treated like this at this age after 50-some years of working. Um, I was told when I got Social Security that I had enough paid into the system for three people to collect full-time benefits. And yet, you know, i constantly just flooded with medical bills if I have any problems. Fortunately for me, I don't have any of the chronic problems like diabetes and high blood pressure. I don't have any of that. And... um I'm just a screamingly healthy person. So I come out pretty good, but a lot of other people don't. And um, it, it's just a really, really sick system. But they want rid of us. They want rid of us. We have become commodities. That's all we are. They refer to us as the greatest product of the country is the people that. And then you remember 20, 30 years ago when we went from you went to the personnel department, and then all of a sudden it changed to human services. What other kind of services did you have that you needed to qualify that? Uh, it just it, it, All the little tips and tricks were there, little signals that something was going. We were being redefined. And now we have that doctor who came out on CNN here last year saying, nobody should want to live beyond 75 there's no reason for it, really. Well, then you go first, Doc. You go first. Show us how to do it. I just, uh, we are marginalized, minimalized everywhere. And we don't get so much of the, oh, the, you must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done that with the guardianship issues. We don't hear that anymore. We did it first. It was just, oh, you, might, you did something wrong. You just won't admit it. Well, it's become so well known now. And such a hot topic in debate, publicly, nobody can deny that this happens for no other reason. You've got assets and somebody else wants them. But all of this gets down to we are being traded. We are being treated like commodities. We are referred to as units and merchandise, as though we are not living human beings. But I guess it's easier to do what they do if you dehumanize the object of your affection. But anyway, uh, Kazi, what are you what are you doing right now? Anything? Well, you know what? I have something actually to report on that I actually did. So, oh, there. Yeah, are you ready for this? So, Pennsylvania last week announced that they were going to have this new elder elder abuse task force kind of thing. They got a grant for like couple million dollars from the government so this is what they mm-hmm. did and you know people are afraid to call and report 
because I know several people who still live in Pennsylvania yeah. and they have their loved ones in guardianship system. So anyway, many people were afraid to report because um, not just in Montgomery County, but a lot of places around the state, there's retaliation that that is uh-huh. being reported when people report. And in fact, my own case, I wasn't even the one who reported and they used it against me in court as one of the things that I oh, did wow. bad. That's why... I, yeah, so I mean, they re- oh. they just choose who. Yeah, I have the court records to prove that, because um, I know they listen. So anyway, there's this new task uh-huh. force, and I had to call. It was real hard to actually find a phone number to call. The first number that I found it ended up being the attorney general's office, and they didn't know anything about this task force. But then she looked around, and then she's like, "Oh wait, here's the number." So I called the number, and uh, the first few times I just got a voicemail, so I wasn't going to leave a voicemail. Then I got through, and it said, you are number three in line, and your wait time is, you know, is five minutes or whatever. So, I mean, I'm guessing that they're getting a lot of uh, a lot of calls. And then after about 20 minutes on hold, it said, please leave a message for your callback, and we'll call you back in the next 30 minutes. Well, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll leave the message. So I leave the message, and then they don't call back. But then the next morning someone called, and I don't know if my name is on, like, a list. It was a very, very nice lady, and she's like, yeah, the supervisors gave me your name that you had called yesterday. So I just had, you know, just, you know, Joe, Joe Blow, you know, gal. And I, I started talking to her about it and telling her, you know, I'm representing people who are afraid to call, like, Will they be retaliated? If I am a ward and I call you and tell you I'm trapped in a guardianship, will you say this is a court issue, we can't help you, or do you help the person? So none of these – I mean, the gal was really nice. I also gave her examples of some guardianship stuff. And anyway, all the calls that field into this special little new hotline uh, go to Adult Protective Services. That's where it goes. So I said, hey, yeah. So I said to her, I said, you know, that's the problem. And I used the example, like, in Montgomery County, there's an attorney named Robert Slutsky, and he also is something, he's like the appointed attorney for Adult Protective Services. And he also goes, I, he obviously trolls nursing homes for victims. And I know that shenanigans uh, in the Montgomery County Facebook page did a whole PowerPoint complete with court documents showing how it's done. It's a huge conflict of interest. So I used that as an example to this gal. I said, you know, here is Adult Protective Services really being part of the problem. She w- She had no idea. She had never heard that anything like this happens. And I said, well, it's kind of like, Child Protective Services, I said, you know the story of Grace Packer, and she says no, and I said it was the employee of child, and this is a true story because this, I mean, this was Philadelphia Inquirer reported on it, and she did remember when I reminded her, but I'll remind the listeners what happened in Montgomery County. Um, Child Protective Services, they take a girl uh, you know, take her from her biological family, change her name to Grace Packer. I believe her born name was Susan Hunksucker. Change her name to Grace Packer. This employee of Child Protective Services adopts the girl, and the girl ends up being raped and dismembered 
and I mean, it's super oh, disgusting, God. sickening story. And we talked about this years ago when it happened. We had we had um, Ron Shagda came on the show, and we talked about it. And right, um, yeah, I mean, so then she's like, oh yeah, I do remember that. And I go, so can you see that agencies sometimes are the problem? And here is a perfect example. Well, we also have a problem with adult protective services. And I said, what I would like for you to pass on is maybe you need an agency to oversee what's going on here. She seems, yes. I mean, you know what, at least I educated somebody, but she did say, yeah. you know, there's really nothing I can do to help. I'm just taking notes and I'll be passing them on. So there's the download on this new task force. They're basically just funneling yep. everything to adult protective services. So I, I yep. was like doing stuff, not, you know, I'm actually – doing something so i guess there we have it yeah i did something i did wow. something this week marty i didn't <laughs> there accomplish anything wasted my time yeah. but well, you know <laughs> i did something that's what i know no because it doesn't it doesn't waste your time because at least you spoke up and you spoke where it counted what they do with that is on them not on you and yeah. uh you know, so you have to look at it that way. Um, sitting there saying nothing when you know something doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. And maybe right. this gal oh. answering the phone will look into it. You know, it's just her maybe. job. And maybe she's like, wow, yeah. I can't believe I got her phone call on this. But she's very sweet. Yeah. So if yeah. anything, call and educate this gal, you know. Yeah, there you go. But there's, you there's, go. there's the down low on the new task force. Marty, this okay. is Reverend Ralph. Uh, I wanted to, yes. you had mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, exposure, and that is quite true, that exposure is the weakest part of them. The fact that yes. it's interesting that in orphans' court, they put this so-called blanket of privacy over the case. So the corruption that exists there, uh, the person, if they reveal what's going on, they could be cited for contempt of court and go to prison. And I think right. it's very interesting how these people, judges and so forth, are have used their own system to protect the scam. It's like uh, yes. criminals saying, I don't want the newspapers to mention my name because then people will know I'm a thief or a crook or whatever. <laughs> right. And right. here's something else that goes along with Montgomery County Courthouse. A lawyer told me just this past week, a lawyer told me Judge Murphy has a case that she's on. And a law clerk, a, uh, one of her former law clerks, is representing somebody. And the lawyer for the other side asked her to recuse herself because obviously that's a conflict of interest because the lawyer used to be her law clerk. Murphy refused to excuse herself. Oh. oh. So, that's a, yeah. so that's another black yeah. article. Yeah, and then when people file these complaints with the bar, you know, nothing happens. I still encourage everybody to file these complaints because someday yes. it might make a difference. Like you just get one person with integrity. And, you know, I have another thing that's come up. So there is there is reporters that are doing, you know, they someday someone's writing the story. Anyway, there's a reporter and – there is a very big case, someone who's been on this show a lot, Marty, and the reporter okay. will not be doing that story, and and this is the reason why, and I want everybody to pay attention, because this person, wow. as big as 
big presence as they have on Facebook and coming on shows and talking about it. They don't have anything in writing. They don't have documents. They don't have timelines. You can't, you're not going to get your story ever written if you can't basically get a packet handed off to the reporter. Everyone listening, you need to make like a media packet if you want your story in any sort of publication because they don't want to listen to you on the phone for an hour saying, you know, oh, and then they didn't comb yeah. her hair this morning and the bathroom wasn't clean. See, those things, that that, that that doesn't matter. And, I mean, it does matter, but not to the reporter. What the reporter needs is the documents. They need medical yeah. records. They need proof. Yep. They they need They need the collusion with the racketeering. Like, you need to – do your homework because if the person who I know who just lost who just lost out on a, a a big you know a big media moment I I think they would I think it would be shocking if everyone knew who this was but it's you have to have your media packet everyone needs your documents and when you file on when you file on lawyers um, licenses when you file on the guardian like deb clock was a nurse we filed on her nursing license when you file any of those complaints you're building your media packet even if you feel that nobody cares and nothing's going to be done it's your media packet and then you hand it over and you say see i filed these things and nothing was done and there is the biggest biggest reason why you need to go and file these things because so everybody's like mm, it's not worth my time mm, they don't do anything about it well you just lost a huge media story yep because you, you didn't do it yeah exactly and marty, and as far I'm as gonna, filing uh, uh, marty uh, i'm going to text you who the person is i don't think that we will say okay. it on air but i'm going to text you who it is because okay. it's very heartbreaking okay. all right um and the filing of when you file a complaint with the bar association or with the judicial review board, it doesn't go anywhere. They don't find anything wrong with anything because they're all doing the same thing. But you must file with the these boards before you can go after their surety bond. And see, that's the little kicker. People think they can bypass that and go directly to the surety bond. And you attack that charity bond three times, and they lose their license, they lose their insurance. So keep that in mind. But there's a process you have to follow. They don't want you to know what it is, but that's what it is. You must file that complaint first and be able to show you did file it, and then you go after that bond. And um, it's it's just all a circus. But anyway, um, we got to move on to our guest here who has been sitting waiting patiently. And we're going to be talking again about... Oh, so the selling of body parts. Now, we've seen, and I always found it curious in these guardianship cases, that they would remove all these rights and legal instruments and everything else. And one of the things they would get rid of is pre-designed burial packets, plans, funeral arrangements that were already paid for. Now, you would think that would be a plus, and but it isn't. They discard those. And then they create plans of their own, only nobody knows what those plans are. So what we have found, and Marcia Southwick has done the majority of the research on this, is that there is this huge body part business running. And my, my thought is 
that this is what's happening to a lot of these people that die under guardianship where their family hasn't been allowed to visit them, to know anything about them, uh, and then who die. And the family isn't notified for weeks or maybe a month or more that they passed away, and they say, oh, we had them cremated. Where's the evidence that you have that done? They don't have to provide it. I'm suspecting that many of these people, the cadavers, are parceled out or sold in whole to universities, research labs, all of this stuff. And this is just another way that's like the coup de grace on all of this, the last wrenching of money out of this person that you targeted and victimized, tormented, and left to die. And I think this is the end piece of the puzzle because I couldn't explain either why you would wait weeks or a month or more to tell a family their loved one had passed away. And it's, I believe, because other things were being done. That's why they got rid of the funeral arrangements. As, as we've moved through this, so many things become so apparent. But with all that in mind, I'm going to bring Marcia Southwick on. Now, Marcia is the director of National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASCA, and she's been with us several times before. She's been on the summit panel with us, um, so she's an old hand at this, and she's also quite good at researching. Marcia, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm doing fine. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah. Oh, okay, just old and cold. Yeah, old and cold. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny. But, uh, um, Marcia, you've done so much work on all of this stuff. Uh, I was in the promo, which Marcia wrote, uh, based on her research about there not being any laws in particular to regulate the trade in body parts. And can you talk about that a little bit and then tell us what else you found out? Well, it turns out that uh, just about anybody can buy or sell uh, body parts. And we, Reuters did a big investigation uh, over, I don't know how many years, but it came out in 2017. And since then, they've done a follow-up. But in the 2017 uh, investigation, they found that all these mom-and-pop body chop shops were around. And what they were doing was making arrangements with funeral homes to go in to grieving families who can't afford funerals and offer to do cremation for free in exchange for that person's family donating or the or the their loved one donating their body to science. The problem is, is it's really highly unregulated. It's not like uh, organ transplant, which is very regulated. It's much more regulated, although there's an underground, I'm sure there are underground networks there, but for the whole body donation for anatomical research and so forth, um, you know, a lot of families had done this and then found out that their loved one's body parts had been chopped up into six pieces and mailed all over the country. So you know, your head might be in Texas, your torso might be in Florida, your your legs might be in who knows where. And families found out about this, where what happened to their loved ones, and they were mortified. And so as a result, Congress did, did set forth a bill. It, they introduced it, I think, in 2021, and it's still, it's a House bill. 
and what it would do is require body brokers to register with um, Human Health Services, the Department of, of Health, and that they would have to do record keeping and uniform packaging and uh and they had to the bodies have to be tested for um not having sepsis or hepatitis or or aids uh but this but in the meantime uh a lot of these body brokers for example there was one in New Mexico uh what happened was a woman found out her father's head was in Kansas it, and the reason it got tracked was there were all these body parts that a truck still had tags on them with the address of the body broker in New Mexico. So they did this big investigation, oh. found a hundred, found 147 body parts or something insane like that. And, uh, and so the, you know, the person was arrested. Uh, and, but then what happened was there were no laws that said this person did anything wrong. So here's this warehouse wow. of body parts, and there's absolutely no law against it, so they had to drop charges. The only way they they can get them is uh, through fraud. Uh, you know, if the, the family can, it doesn't know what they're signing, that's usually one way. The other way is uh, through selling diseased body parts. A couple of people have gone under for that. Or selling stolen body parts. Did you know that in Pennsylvania just this week, there was a guy uh, with tattoos all over his face who used Facebook to buy and sell body parts from, from Pennsylvania to Alabama, I think it was. And uh, oh the, only reason he's, the only reason he's in trouble is because he uh, stole the body parts were stolen. The woman in Alabama who was sending him the parts stole them from a mortuary. That's why wow. he got in trouble. But Reuters, you know what? I'm going to have to for Reuters. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm going to have to get a hold of Barry Tubb. Um, he was that whistleblower out of Alabama, mort- mortician, who. Um, mm-hmm. And this has been a couple years back. He was on the CBS whistleblower show, and they finally pulled it because it was rigged so bad against the whistleblower. Try to make it look like they're only in it to get the money. Well, nobody gets any money, so go figure. Right. Um, but uh, that's what, with him, he started noticing that bodies that came in that were to be prepared for burial uh, were missing bones and tendons, sometimes the brain and other things. And he went to the owner of the mortuary and said, something's going on here. They fired him on the spot. And this is what they were doing. And I assume still doing is they're stripping down these bodies like you would a junk car and selling off the parts and making money hand over fist. That's right. It is like like an auto. It's like an auto body shop. It really is. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty frightening uh, what's going yeah. on, you know, and I don't know. And then, so what's happened since the, you know, the investigation of these, I call them mom and pop chop shops. <laughs> you know, yeah. They've grown now. And they, what, what happened was this association of tissue banks uh, 
started up as a kind of uh, accreditation organization, and it was put together with funeral homes. Funeral Home Association put this thing together to try to standardize it, to try to make it a little more legit. But the truth is, it's only ethics, standards, codes. It's no enforcement. So what's happened is there are four or five companies big companies that have joined with this association and are now kind of considered quote unquote uh, uh, regular, not regulated, uh, kosher businesses uh, when really this accreditation it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have any enforcement power. And so there are a couple that have like science care. I mentioned that last time they were started by a guy who decided he wanted to make uh, the body broker business, a lot like McDonald's. Remember I told you this, where when you go somewhere, when you go to Florida, you know that your McDonald's burger is going to be the same as it is when you go to Louisiana. So that's how they wanted, they wanted to make a uniform body cuts so that every part was the same. And that was his model. And now that company, he sold the company, but now it makes – 20, over $27 million annually on buying and selling body parts. And it's just pretty crazy, pretty crazy. And I don't know whether this bill will pass, and I don't know if it'll do any good if it does pass, unless well, they have criminal uh, right. attachments, you, you know, attach criminal statutes to it. important about that, and that is enforcement. We see bills come out all the time. It looks like somebody could be charged with a crime, and it'll carry it right through to the point if you don't include enforcement in who's going to do the enforcement, it wor- it's right. worth nothing. And yeah. um, this is one yeah. of the tricks they pull on the public all the time. Go ahead, Marcia. Yes, especially with um, with guardianships, um, judges mm-hmm. do they can refer cases to criminal courts. Mm-hmm. They can do it, but they don't. Yep. They just don't do it. Nope. And uh, that's why it's important to have uh, guardians, guardianship included in the elder abuse uh, criminal statutes so that they are held just as – there are a lot of laws about caretakers and siblings and, and all, this, yep. all those kind of abuse, but they don't include specifically guardians, and now they're starting to. Right. So. You know, NASCA got that. Well, and that's a, that's and, another key part of this too. Unless they're cited specifically, they're not included. Right. That's right. People need to they, understand they this, that. Yeah, they have yeah. this semi-immunity while doing their job. If they it, within, if they're within the boundaries of their job, in other words, not writing checks on person's account, something like mm-hmm. that, um, they have a certain amount of immunity. I mean, they can't. They obviously can't do certain things, but they're more protected than the protected person, basically, you know, uh, and th- that's a problem, huge problem. Well, they are the ones that are protected. Um, the victim right. surely isn't. Uh, there's no protection that's from right. them, and that's what really gets me. There's absolutely nothing to stop these people from doing what they do, and that's for yeah, members of the public. Yep. Well, that's why, you know, 
that's why uh, I really like the uniform, uh, the new uniform law, the Guardianship, Conservatorship, and Other Protective Arrangements Act. If that goes through, it has due process. It requires real due process, and the courts will adjust. I mean, they will have to adjust because you're going to be able to hire your own attorney, and your attorney is going to say, "Wait a minute, this person gets due process." You know, so it's mm-hmm. like what happened to Brittany, right? After 13 mm-hmm. years, she can finally hire her own attorney. Well, why wasn't that the case for so long? Now, yeah. if the Uniform Act goes through, if states start adopting it, you can hire your own defense attorney and just wallop them. And that's really what should be happening, especially with people who have some money who end up in these courts. Yeah. You know, they should be able to fight well, back. And right now, their money is well, taken away. Well, that's not right. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, um, I remember when I first started looking into Florida, which has been a few years back, and I'm reading through their laws, statutes, and every time it said, you know, if you do this or that to an elderly person, you can be charged with, and on and on. And down at the bottom of every one of those paragraphs were two asterisks, that said does not apply to professional guardians or attorneys. At the bottom wow. of every one of them does not apply. Wow. Uh, and as wow. far as somebody sitting, see, the reason they can't do anything to these people sitting up there calling themselves as a judge who are not judges. They, they're not dealing with right. law. They're administrators. They're, not judges. they're administrators, yes. really. Yeah. But any time you use, you can charge them with malfeasance, which is the use of a public office to cause harm to any member or, as a whole, the public. But you bring this up to an attorney and they'll buck right up on you. Oh, hey, we can't do that. Uh-huh. That'd work, wouldn't it? And, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? It just, uh, I'm, I, I'm still, you know, it's like living the light of, night of the living dead. And um, Yeah, it is like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your body parts are all over the place. Guardians are all over the place. Body brokers are yeah. all over the place. I mean, oh there's just an yeah. under. It just feels like there's an underground web of weird things happening. <laughs> yes, the way I feel yes. about it. Yep. I don't like yeah. that Nightmare feeling. Stuff. Well, this mm-hmm. is the stuff that was yep. always in scary movies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this yeah. is the, this was the context of scary movies, and you know, it's a good thing this isn't really happening. Well, it really is. It really is. It, I know. And, I know uh, it. It's, it's and like I say, this is why they will never actually outlaw abortion. It'll never happen. I don't care what the Supreme Court, that bunch of fools, I don't care. They will never, because there's too damn much money in those baby parts. And too many of the people out there posturing and saying things are invested in the very companies who traffic in this. So yeah. I... There's there's no way. It's like that doctor we talked about him before. I think it was there in Michigan or Pennsylvania, one of the two, maybe Pennsylvania, yeah, it was, where they walked into yeah. his his uh, oh, practice. Oh, yeah, it was here. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was blood all over the place and body parts, baby feet and heads and stuff in jars full mm-hmm. of liquor. And, um, but there again, the man had broken no law. And um, Yeah. I I just... 
I don't know. It's like we're living in a horror movie. I mean, I truly have the feeling we're living in a horror movie. All the stuff that, like, in the 60s and 70s where we watch these shows and the, oh, my God, you know, the zombies. Um, it's like we're, it's all come to life. It gave it's them the pretty idea. amazing. Yeah. The well, what's cause? interesting about, they, oh, sorry, Cos. The horror movies gave the people ideas for what they would do when they grew up. Yeah. And now we do it. Yeah, like yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marty, this is this is Reverend Ralph. Uh, yeah, the, yes. I, I agree totally. Uh, the sale of body parts and organs is a worldwide industry. Uh, for example, in oh, wow. China, they hand out death sentences like they're candy. And what they do is every right. person has their own ambulance. So after they're shot in the back of the neck... They are kept alive until they're taken to a hospital for their organs and body parts and all to be taken out and then sold on the worldwide market. So it, it's really not an underground market. It's a it's a business like Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it just isn't yeah. advertised. It isn't. They keep it quiet because it will shock people and make them sick at their right. stomach. You know that yeah. they're doing this. It's like you know to. Well, you get a driver's license. And it says they'll ask you on the application, and you are applying to enter a contract with the state when you do this. But do you want to be an organ donor? And you you check no. Doesn't make any difference. They'll take them anyway. You have to go in to the DMV and get a special card and fill it out saying no organ donation. That means don't take my eyes, don't take anything. And it's like people on life support. You put people on life support, and then suddenly they're taking life support off. There's no sense of going. It's because they found a match. They found tissue and blood match. The organs are transplantable. There's money to be made. Now we'll take them off of life support, but not before we get those lungs or that heart or whatever. But this is what life support is. That's why they use it. And um, to keep someone alive, if you need to have support to stay alive, you're basically dead. And all they do is they keep the oxygen circulating through the blood in the body to keep those organs viable till they find a, a match that they can don, donor to. And then, of course, they sell them at a, quite a high price. But you can't sell them. Um, <laughs> you can't even sell your own. Yeah, but uh, doctors right. and them can. They can do it. Yeah. It's, Marty, just, it, is, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Go ahead, this Ralph. Is, this is Reverend Ralph again. Yeah, what you just said was, I was going to say it too, you're not even allowed to sell your own organs, and the organ that everybody can sell is a kidney. So you figure because everybody has two kidneys. And what you should be thinking, what people should be thinking is the cost of kidney dialysis to these people that have to go through kidney dialysis, the burden, the cost of that in health care. So if people were allowed to sell a kidney – you know, they could make money, number one, and number two, another person would get a kidney, and now they wouldn't need kidney dialysis, and they could live a far better life and useful life to society. So it, yeah. it's, it's stupidity that politicians, yeah. whatever, don't say, hey, wait a minute, by selling a kidney, uh, people will benefit, the health care costs would go down because people are not on dialysis, and dialysis costs would not be passed on to the taxpayers. So it's just the stupidity of people is unbelievable. Yes. 
Well, we had Dr. Burns on the show here a few, I don't know, it's been about two years ago. Uh, Marcia Joyner had him on the Betrayed by Hospice show. Uh, That's another place they parcel out bodies. Believe it, they do it all day long. Um, But Dr. Burns was talking about organ harvesting, and he said you have to understand they keep people on life support until they find somebody that's a match. He said because if the internal organs are denied oxygen for even two minutes, they're worthless. So he said they'll keep them on life support, and he said, and understand when they harvest the organs, the, the person is still alive. They aren't dead. The body isn't dead. The brain isn't dead. They'll say, oh, they suffered brain death. He said, but there is no such thing. He said, that's something they created to try and, um, you know, soften this up. But he said, um, uh, the the person is alive. And he said he had had attended one where they were taking the organs. And he said, what they do, they they can't give them an anesthetic because that makes the organs worthless. But they give them a paraplytic, (laughs) I can't say it. A paralyzing drug, and um, like they do in executions, and people say that you know it's not fair. You know, you get executed. They aren't feeling anything. They give them a sedative. It's not a sedative. It's a paralytic, so that they can't cry out or thrash or scream or do anything. They are quite alive and awake and conscious as they're being murdered. And the same with organ transplant. The person is alive. He said. He attended one. He said that this man had been given the paralytic. He said they started to eviscerate him, uh, which is cutting up the front to the sternum. And he said the man, tears rolled out of the corners of his eyes, and he raised up one arm. And, yeah, he said, I I was done right there. He said that's what made me understand these people are quite alive. Oh, it's terrible. But we we have been reduced to, to meat. I mean, that says we have been reduced to nothing but meat. We're no different than a rump roast at the store. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who wants to buy it? Who needs it? Who wants it? Well, what are you it's exactly to like cutting it? up a cow, like cutting up a cow, right? Yeah. Yeah. My first job was exactly. at a meat packing factory. I've been a vegetarian Ooh. ever since. But, you know, I used <laughs> to see that. The butchers would just, uh-huh. I don't know. And that's what's going on yeah. with people. People. Yes, folks. and they've been doing this a long people. time. A it's long just now time. To well, come out. yeah, yeah, it's starting to it's really starting to come out. Uh but you know, it's the grave robbers of the 19th century were big time, right? Yes. They they uh, were the grave robbers were going in there and stealing the bodies of the poor because they weren't in coffins. And they were easier to get so they would just get these bodies and give them to medical schools and doctors and yes. things. Yes. So yeah. you know, yeah. it's just a long I, time. I don't know. Yeah, and it like I say, it's like living in a, a horror movie. Um, the stuff that used to scare us when we were teenagers or young people, you know, young adults, and the horror movies. It goes, oh, can you imagine? Well, here we are. Here we are. I know it. Um, and horror movies that it's used just, to scare me no longer do because the no, real stuff you look is at much now worse. And going, yeah, and thinking, well, that was nothing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. just, you know. But what it keeps haunting me is Frankenstein, made up of all yes. these different body parts. You know. Yes. Um, and I had that contact that had 
been at Fort Detrick and um, about how they were doing this out there. Uh, this has been some years back um, that they were experimenting with this. And it was based on the Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs where you see the man walking. He's moving to the left. And then there's a second picture of the man walking, his head's cut off and blood spurting out of the neck hole. And then the first depiction, the third depiction, is the man walking with a dog's head. And, yeah, um, that's, that's Anubis, that, the jackal. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, he told me, he said, they're doing that now. And he said some of these creatures live two or three days and they're absolutely in anguish and agony. And then they die. And he said, but they are trying to get it done. And I've heard that from other people, too, that came out of the military, uh, talked about that. But I think we just basically, um, we're, we're not worth any more than our parts. Uh, that's the only value yeah. we have. We could be robbed and done all sorts of things, too, before we die. And then they can kill us and take our parts. It, it, well, the thing that's I don't so know. amazing about it, the the reason why it's not illegal and it's the same with the baby, babies, too, is that uh, – remember that Planned Parenthood expose where this guy filmed everybody talking about selling baby parts? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not organs. It's tissue, quote-unquote tissue, which can be anything other than organs. Right. And they can't accept – they can't supposedly – can't make money. They can't make profit, but they can charge fees for each thing okay. that they send out, and that's where okay. they that's where they slip in, and you know the charge they charge big fees for and keep a lot of it. Obviously, they're making twenty seven yeah. million a year. They're obviously, doing something more than fees. Yes, but nobody's ch- nobody there. seems to stop you know step down on it. They just don't. So well, there's no law actually prohibiting it. Yeah, that's correct. And there's nothing to enforce. And um, that's, you know, over all these years, having read so much legislation and seen so much of it turn out to be BS, um, and you learn as you're reading, you know, where where they're trying to con you, uh, because it always ends up something different than what you thought it meant. And many of these bills are written to be openly interpreted, uh, whatever the situation calls for. And um, and then, of course, we have the playing with words. Uh, the Supreme Court said, like in some bills, it said the, the state may do this or may do that. Well, that meant they could or they couldn't. Okay. Well, yeah. okay, now yeah. a state shall do this or they shall do that. Well, that kind of meant the same thing as may. And, you know, it wasn't. So now you have to use the word must. The state must right. do this. It's a direct command. But we have this see, constantly from this group of buffoons. I'm telling you, I personally think the Supreme Court needs to be disbanded and rethought and replanned because it's it's just a waste of money and time as it is right now. And uh, it has been for quite some time. But it's just... Um, I don't know. I don't know where we go for help. We've screamed, raised bloody hell. Uh, we've gone into courts. We've <laughs> confronted people. We've, you know, spoke in D.C. and uh, we've done everything we could do. Plus all these radio shows and everything. Nothing changes. Nothing well, changes. Well, I think the construct. I think the one constructive thing that does, you know, I went to the fourth national summit. You know, as a delegate 
voting delegate to talk about what reforms we needed. And, you know, it was an incredible group of people who had, you know, had really studied uh, the guardianship system and it made suggestions for years and years and years. And, of course, it's very uh-huh. slow moving. But what's changing, I think, is the guardianship, the new law, uh, the uniform law, if it's adopted, it changes the focus from what the guardian can do to what the person who's under protection can do and bolstering their rights and their, it sort of says, okay, now I want you to imagine you're a person dragged into court for supposedly being incapacitated what protections are we going to put in place for you? Well, you're going to get your attorney. You're going to have a hearing, and you can bring witnesses, and you can you can cross-examine the uh, the evaluators and everybody else. And I I know that some courts will be slow to adopt it, but if it is in the air, uh, along with things like supported decision making to replace guardianship. I do think there's going to be a shift in the way uh, wards are perceived. They're going to be perceived more as people now. Before, yeah. as you say, it was just a commodity. You felt like a, I mean, there was nothing about yeah. the ward's point of view or what it would be like for a ward or should they get information or not or should their families get information. And all of that was just not part of things. And I think uh, states trying to change laws individually, it's well-intentioned, but a lot of it is, doesn't do much. It needs a real overhaul. Well, no, it does. And you're right, it doesn't do much. But a uniform law isn't going to do anything either. And the reason they want will, uniform get, laws... If you get... Go ahead. Oh, um, I think they will if... They're coupled by uh, criminal consequences for guardians doing bad things. And if that that link between the civil court and the criminal court gets established in criminal statute, I think that would do a, mm-hmm. that would go a long way. Plus, you're getting real yeah. lawyers in there. You're not just going to be stuck with some stupid probate lawyer, right? Yeah, you're be... the thing about all this is, Marcia, this is all subject to that hearing examiner okaying it. This isn't a carte blanche where you got it. And I'll use it. That isn't what it is. It just says you have well, that option. That, that wouldn't be the that that wouldn't be the case. They wouldn't be able to do that. They won't. They won't be if you, this law passes. You won't be able to deny someone a lawyer. You have to let them ha- hire their own attorney if they want to. Okay. You, you'd have to. I don't know. And. Uh, you know, because before what they were doing is just saying, "Oh, the person's too incapacitated," like what they did to Brittany. Uh, they said, oh, she's too incapacitated to hire a lawyer. Well, no, if you're mm-hmm. going to go through a proceeding, you have to have due process, and you need real representation just like everybody else yes. gets it. You're no different. Yep. You know, well, you, you know deserve what gets that. me in all of this? this? All of this whole system is running in full view of the Supreme Court, of yeah. Congress, both state and federal legislators, of governors, of the DOJ, is running in full view. And not one of those jackasses will step up and say anything or do anything to stop this. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and that's that's what really bothers me. They don't tell me how, you know, you love the law and it's all about the laws and we have to, you know, that's why we have laws is to protect them. You're sitting there with cotton in your mouth going, hmm, 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 and pretending yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you can do, you know. Um, why, and, you know, it's like I've mentioned before, initially 14, 15 years ago when I approached people, it was, well, I never heard of such a thing. Well, nobody told me about it. Well, it must be an isolated incident. Well, I'll look into it right. and get back to you. Of course, they never did. And, uh, but now it's out there. It is common knowledge, and yet nothing yeah. changes. Nothing. We've got these nursing homes that... My God, they're they're just little shops of horrors up there in Minnesota. Yeah, about a year before I left yeah. up there, uh, the um, head of uh, I think it was Health and Human Services resigned. He resigned so that he could keep all of his benefits in case they charged him with a crime. And as see if you're sitting in an office like that and you get charged with a crime and you're taken out of that office, whether you, they you've been to trial or not. You lose all of your accrued benefits. So these people are always allowed to resign ahead of anything happening. And this is like Fauci just resigned from the NHI or whatever that is and whatever else he was heading. But he said he's not leaving government. He's just going to be working in a different capacity, a little killer. Um, (laughs) uh, But see, there has been so much evidence growing against this man. And what he, there is so much evidence piled of what a serial killer he actually is and what he has done to harm the public that he that the only reason he is stepping down is to keep the money rolling in the door. Now, he probably will at some point get prosecuted for something, but they'll never find him guilty because too many people helped him. Too many people went along with him and, and facilitated what he was doing. Yeah. But they do this all the time. In Minnesota, like I say, the Health and Human Services, um, he was found to have not investigated 27,000 nursing home complaints. He said it was because their computer system was old. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. all of a sudden, he resigned. He resigned. Wow. They get a new... They get a new head of Health and Human Services who within a month said, we have solved 17,000 of these cases. What they did was they went through, and everybody who dies while under guardianship, conservatorship, any of this stuff, as soon as they die, the case is over, it's done. And since they're dead, there's no case there anyway. Yeah. So he pulled all of those. He pulled all the people who had died anyway. Uh, whether there was complaints or not. And, by the way, all of those were sold to both political parties. That's how dead people vote. And um, all those names and that information. But anyway, so he was working on the rest of it. But this this goes on all the time. We have these agencies that are supposed to be running roughshod over this, making sure we don't have nursing homes that are nothing but houses of torture for the people in them. But they don't do it. They don't do it. Right. And if they get caught, well, then they deny that it happened. Uh, well, we, you know, we were understaffed or we didn't have the money. Uh, it, it just, you know, one of the worst cases of this, Debbie Dahmer's dad, Chief White Owl. Oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. And they Awful. finally, after seven years, won that case. 
and they were awarded her mother was awarded punitive damages i think it was 1.7 million more than half of it was she was forced Ed. to forfeit to the nursing home association so mm. they could make improvements that's disgusting I, i'm telling you and this is the kind of underhanded crap that goes on and now if we find yeah. out that these people that they have parceled out and sold out, uh, if the family didn't know that's what was going on, I consider that fraud. Um, this Definitely. is a deception. Definitely. Yeah. You, know, uh, you don't, have a, you don't right. have a law that can deal with this, huh? Um, yeah. I, this should be regulated. It should be – everything should be documented. I, I just can't imagine – and, Marcia, there's so much, but from the information you have found – there is so much of it going on. Who in the hell needs this many body parts? For what? Well, what do you, yeah, you need? You, need you do this? need. Well, you do need. For example, if you're going to operate on somebody's spine, you better have practiced a bit before you do it. You can't just go to. If somebody breaks their back, you can't just go in there and operate without actually having practiced on a ton of cadavers. That's just the way it is. So medical. Institutions really do need cadavers, but for people to make money doing it, you know, body brokering yeah. it, like you're, like you're, you're a real estate broker or something, you're yeah. gonna, you know, that's just, that's just not acceptable, right? It doesn't seem acceptable, no. at least to me and to a lot of people. Yeah. So that's the issue. It's not the issue of so much of doctors uh, having to train and all kinds of, uh, you know, it's. It's that they do things like have send body parts to there was one where they sent a whole bunch of body parts to a seminar, quote unquote. It wasn't really for um, it was the, it, it was on video and you had to pay five hundred dollars to watch the the, uh, you know, the that you're operating yeah. on a cadaver, basically. And it wasn't even a surgeon, a surgical uh, organization who put on this seminar. It was something called something oddities. It was just creepy. That's all I can say. Wow. You, you did, so um, there's a, it's for when you're using stuff for non-medical or you're just buying and selling and leasing and ahead over and over. You know, you just got to wonder about somebody who does that. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, when you, you first reported on this, you talked about people finding out that the body they thought they donated for medical research was used to test roadside bombs. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they would, they, this one lady, her, yeah, her family found out that her mom, her mom had been, you know, they thought they were donating it to research science you know they didn't they didn't really know what that meant and then she gets a report a reporter finds out that her mom wrapped to a truck and experimented with roadside bombs to see what happened to the body you know oh god awful can you imagine finding out that happened to your mom you know no No. No. really awful it's a whole dimension it's a whole dimension to life that I had, right. it had never occurred to me that anyone could do such a thing. And then when I right. started reading about it, I, it was just like guardianship. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe what I was reading. You know, you here know? recently, There's... I had occasion to um, contact a 
church in Atlanta about a uh, one of their congregation who got swept up in a guardianship, had been mm-hmm. a member of this church for almost 40 years. Wow. And the minister, the first thing he said was, well, they still have to make their donation. I said, what? Well, they still, you know, regardless of the circumstances, arrangements have to be made because, you know, that is a contract. And they contracted, they agreed every year to pay X amount of dollars every month. I said, excuse me, but I'm not talking about your contributions at the church. I'm talking about a member of your congregation who has been kidnapped for profit and who needs your support. And I got what I've gotten from every other church I have contacted. Well, you know, that's political and we can't get it. No, that's not political. That is a humanitarian crisis. Why yeah. aren't you involved in that, what you're about? Well, no, see, really, it's right. political. Well, no, see, it isn't. It has nothing to do with politics. This is human trafficking. Your yeah. congregation member needs your help. They need yeah. your support. Well, no, we can't get into anything like that. You know, we'll lose our, our tax-free ice, and I see that's all that's important, right? That's all that's important. Oh, that's sad. And uh, Yeah, but I've heard that from I couldn't tell you how many churches over the years. Hmm. They always flip on to that. Well, that's political. No, it isn't. No, there's nothing political about it. And, um, you know, we aren't asking you to vote. But, um, no, none of them will step forward and help. It's basically uh, because I, it's know, a court thing. It's a court thing. Nobody yes. wants to be involved with, you know, if it's court, it's law. Somebody is given somebody to somebody else by law and yeah. so you figure yeah. that's why people can't help really i mean people have well, called the governor to try to get help yeah yeah well, i have and yeah. they can't get it and um no but this is no less slave trade than other than the fact that we haven't as far as i know it could be happening put them out in the field and pick cotton but this is no less than yeah. slave trade <laughs> um you know, and instead well, remember, we remember Ginger, remember Ginger Franklin, who yes. fell down the stairs, woke up. Uh, she was in a coma. Woke up three weeks later. She had a guardian, uh, Janine Stewart from this is in Nashville, and the and the guardian made her do all the cooking. She, the guardian and the group homeowner made made Ginger do all the cooking, the cleaning, the dispensing of medicines, the shopping. And if she didn't, she'd be put into, um, they said, we'll put you in an Alzheimer's unit and you'll never see the light of day. Meanwhile, she, they were taking 800 a month out of her accounts to pay for the place. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) it really was slavery. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But, uh, and so those is. things could happen, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, you become a non-person. That's not right. You can't be a yeah. non-person. It, that's not right. Well, that's and see, this is my question about this uniform law thing. You go into probate, and the first thing they do is take your identity from you. You suffer what's called a civil death. Um, you can't use your own name. That name is now given to that guardian by proxy, and so. You you can't speak. So I, well, I just don't see how the uniform law this prevents. Is... Well, the uniform law says you cannot assign a guardianship to someone if there are any other ways to care for that person. 
without doing it. So it's a, it's a, it's much more forceful. I mean, I'm sure that people yeah. will still, but they'll be getting, people are getting the idea that there needs to be something a little more yeah. humane and targeted to that individual person's needs rather than just one size fits all, get them out of here. But the problem is the courts are so overloaded with cases that it's a lot easier for them to just give whole guardianship, you know, plenary guardianship right. to whoever comes in. But see, if they can prevent guardianships from happening, they'll have less cases. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's that's you partly what needs money. to happen. Well, you know, go ahead, Taz. What's that? I said, how will they make their money then? They're going to they have, have to get enough. another job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not going to happen. Um, get a real job. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Although uh, I think being you know, a guardian that, would be really tough. It's really an awful job. Well, I, I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, they don't have to do anything. They, they're that's supposed true. to be doing a lot. Uh, they're supposed yeah, they to be overseeing that person in their care and this and that. That's they don't a good do any point. of that. And they don't really do it. No. Yeah, they don't really do and it. And they don't pay their bills in most cases. They're supposed to pay the bills um, that that person has. They let and houses they don't do go it. into foreclosure. I've heard all yep. kinds of awful takes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, But the one bill I saw come out that was supposedly supporting supported decision-making, uh, it was multi-paged and each each section you had to do this you jump through that hoop and whistle dixie and wave the flag and then you then I mean, you had to go in front of a probate judge a judge and get it approved what and if state they rejected was that? it you had to check. I'm trying to remember you know which what? state it was um but this thing was just a screaming mess and it was yeah, because not it shouldn't so- be it sh- it shouldn't be spelled out like that it should be an informal yeah. agreement that replaces guardianship no. by having no, this you had to, you had to, you. No, this you, you had to name who these people would be, what capacity they would be in, and then you had to take this and get it approved by a probate judge. And if he rejected it, you had to go back and try it again. But ultimately, he could reject it anyway. And um, wow, it, you know, I just that's why I say these bills that come out. I keep telling people the terrorists you need to fear are sitting in D.C. Um, lock the gate. Yeah, but, it's uh, true. It, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it seems like the public in various capacities, whether it's children, the elderly, the disabled, the black farmers, um, women, is being attacked repeatedly. Um, and it's always and been we, like that, too. Yes, yes. You know, yep. where the... Where the uh, more vulnerable people are just picked off like flies. It's terrible. Yeah. Yep. And in all the time, I shouldn't use that word say, vulnerable, but old, well, they are if you're vulnerable. old and disabled, yeah, yep. they're vulnerable to predators. Even if, let's put it that way. Even if you're old, you know, or what they consider old, because they haven't gotten yeah. there yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just, uh, you know, what I'm. They haven't gotten it, so they yeah. don't know. They just have an idea. But you know who my grandmother yeah. was when she was 65 years old and who I was when I turned 65 were two different people. Um, True. She, yeah. You know what I'm saying? She was she was yes. done. Uh, she yep. was finished. She was cooked. And, you know, it, it just – she actually – I remember her sitting and she'd always praying and, 
everything, but she was just waiting to die, just waiting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It isn't like that anymore. And, um, but yeah, this, like I say, these tribunals were set up specifically, specifically to avoid the law, the common law, to avoid yeah. the Constitution and your protected rights. It, once you oh, step yeah. in, yeah, you doubt a... that has been taken from you. Yes. It it can be just a money grab. It's just a money grab. I yep. do think there are probably some guardians. I know that you don't agree with me, but I have heard good of good guardians. I really have read about them. Yeah. But uh, but you know, the the problem is the profession itself needs to. Why aren't they complaining about it? I think they are. I think yeah. there are guardians who don't like other guardians, but just the way doctors don't like charlatans. Yeah. But uh, yeah. even so. The negative press on guardianship now is so great that something is going to happen. It is. I just feel. I just feel like it's reached a critical mass. I do. I mean, I feel hopeful. Yeah. I do. Well, I feel hopeful. But uh, I think free Britney helps. You know. I know. Yeah, all these years, Marcia, I've asked if you know. People keep saying not all guardians are bad. Give me the name of just one. I know. Just. one. <laughs> Give me the name, and we'll bring them on air. We'll celebrate them, and wouldn't that be great? We'll whatever we have to. Yes, yeah. I have yet to get that name. I've I don't think any guardians name. want to be known. They don't want anybody to know their guardians anymore. If yeah. they're smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. pariahs. Yeah, yeah. There's a predator in your midst. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's say, really you know, this. Up. Go ahead. What I don't understand is. You know, it's it's a mixture of bad, no laws, really. There no, there's uh-huh. no real guidance. There's no real anything when it comes to the guardianship statutes as they stand now. Some right. of them are, have some good things in them, but it's not an overall approach. It's not a, a big shift. It's little teeny things. And uh, the fact that every state has its own laws I mean, that just makes things so damn difficult. How's, how, you know, you can't supervise. When you say that, uh, see, I don't understand how it makes things so difficult because if you're in this state and this is what the laws are, then you abide by that. What does that have to do with another state? Nothing. Nothing. That's true. That's true. That's true. But they each yep. have their own way of doing things, and that's confusing. Right. Well, you know? yeah. not to the people in the state. You know, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it, that's how it is in your state. Here's the law, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. So what if somebody or, you know, in another state is doing it differently? That has no bearing on yeah. you. Yeah. That's know? right. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. That's very true. That's very the true. The main focus of uniform laws, which they've tried to do before on various topics, is to make the law the same in every state, to remove the right of the state to make its own determinations. That's the main purpose of a uniform law, is to remove the right of the state to make its own determination, to make its own laws, and say what you know, is acceptable they, what is not. But the uniform yeah, law is, is just a – this one, the uh, Uniform Guardianship, Conservativeship, and Other Protective Arrangements Act – is not taking away the state's right to make laws. It's just saying, here's a law you might want to adopt because we've done a ton of research on it for two years, 
And here's what we came up with. And, uh, mm-hmm. and if you like it, you can adopt parts you want to or don't, you know what I mean? It's not taking away the state's rights as far as I well, understand Well, if you pass it. a uniform law, if you pass a uniform law, that becomes the law, okay? But it each isn't a matter state of... does it, makes the choice. Each state makes the choice as to whether or not right. to but adopt the uniform law. Yeah, but like I say, once that is in place, if they opt for that, now they can't do anything else. They can't, if, you know... Well, that's true. They can't move... But so almost nobody they, adopts... The, nobody, only, only two states have adopted the whole thing, so I wouldn't worry too much yeah. about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, in theory, it's a good idea if it benefited across the board, but nothing does, so... You know, it yeah. just, I don't know. Reverend Ralph, you're awful quiet. Yeah. Hi, I was just going to ask. Uh, I want to go back about 10 minutes. There, uh, you were talking about the court and lawyers. Uh, in Pennsylvania, a person is allowed to hire their own lawyer. But the problem is, because this is all brand new, the guardianship matter and so forth, people are not aware of that. So the court assigns a lawyer, and it just goes on from there. <laughs> The second point problem is that when the lawyer uh, talks to his uh, subject, uh, I won't say ward because, Marty, I agree with you. They are a person. They're not just a, you know, uh, an entity. Right. Um, when they do talk to them, they do not allow any of the family members to be a part of that conversation. They pull the old yeah. uh, lawyer-client confidentiality stuff. Yeah. Now, which keeps, again, yeah. everybody in the dark. But what's fascinating to me, uh, and I've heard other examples, uh, other people, what's fascinating to me is if the person is being accused of a memory issue, then why doesn't the lawyer write things down for the person to review later and or for the family to uh, be able to see what was talked about. So in other words, I think it's laughable that the person has a little memory issue and the lawyer knows this, but the lawyer doesn't make notes for the person to review later. So it's basically a waste of time and the taxpayer is paying for this lawyer who nobody knows if he ever did anything, even talk about baseball or whatever. So I, I well, think the that, problem. Yeah, go ahead. Part of the Part of the problem is that uh, when a guardianship case, you know, especially an emergency guardian, you know, you can just do that without consulting anybody. And, uh, you know, without any lawyers, or it's all ex parte. But really what should be happening and what this new law would do if, you know, we just all it is is changing the process, okay? So it's a process. When you go into a guardianship court it's a process that you're engaged in uh and the court is going through that uh step by step well nobody really knows they don't have any directions about what steps so if they're required to give 14 days notice before the hearing and they also give the family every family member and close associate you know within a tight circle a copy of the orders and a copy of your rights and how to get out of a guardianship and what to do, that's one thing. But they don't do that. 
I agree with that totally. Uh, and another point I've brought up many, many times is the fact in Pennsylvania, for example, I do not know about other states, but there are no standards for what determines an accurate evaluation. Right. So there's no yeah. time limits required. There's no number of questions. There's no questions that have proven independent accuracy. And most important, they're not required, the, psych, the so-called psychologists, are not required to record either audio or video. They're not required to record that session. But they make That's reports. a good point. That's they an make interesting reports. point. They make reports that say the person said this or the person could not make a sentence or whatever. Right. Now, they're dealing with the courts. Now, if you walk into court and you say, well, take my word for it, they're going yeah. to laugh yeah. you out Nobody's of the court. <laughs> they demand evidence. Right. They demand proof. And yet yeah. nobody demands proof of the somebody that could not make a sentence. Well, they, or they will. could not count backwards from 100 or whatever. I mean, it's yeah, – They're it's, going it's, to have to do that. They're going to – they're going to have to really uh, do the science part of incapacity and, you know, make that a standard. Uh, right now it's, and you know, a doctor can just sign a prescription pad and say this person needs a guardianship. That happened in Ohio. Uh, and also the wow. fact that everybody has a cell phone today and everybody's cell phone can take video. So all they got to do yes. is prop it up on the table and record the whole thing. Now, this, I, that doesn't make uh, – that costs nothing to do. And, I mean, when, right. police, well, when police walk into uh, the court and say, this guy confessed to a crime, uh, they're going to laugh that cop right out of the courtroom. That's why they always videotape the person yeah. when he makes the confession. True. Same I mean, again, I'm not a genius. I'm not a genius. I don't have college mm. education. But let's talk about common sense. Again, I did 41 yeah. years of criminal investigations, so I know about this. But, again, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, no. hey, if you're going to say somebody said something or did not say something or whatever, you record it before right. you yep. destroy mm -hmm. the person's life. Yeah, you have to have yeah. proof. There's no proof. And only one state in the whole nation has... Uh, it was. It's New Hampshire has uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, but I don't think it really makes that much difference in a guardianship court, even no, in New Hampshire. No. But that's the only state that has that language. The rest of them have either clear and convincing or a preponderance of evidence. Yes. And those are three tiers, right? Uh, clear and convincing yep. is number two. First is beyond a reasonable doubt, and three is preponderance of evidence. And Anything but the first one really isn't so great. I like the fact yeah. that the definition in Pennsylvania for incapacitation is so general. Uh, I mean, it's like if somebody bounces a check or he takes out more right. than uh, that's in the checking account or he over, uh, overdoes his credit card, well, isn't that incapacitation because he doesn't know how, right. to, yeah. how much money he yeah. can spend? I mean, let's look at the U.S. Congress. We are $32 yeah. trillion dollars in debt. I think those people for the last 50 years should be, in, you know, have a guardianship. Yeah. They should all be in guardianship. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we should be in charge. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. should be their guardians. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's probably yeah. one of the best things that could happen in this is that one of these virulent predators be guardianized. Oh, I would um, love to do yeah. that. I would love to do that. Yeah. And guardianize the guardians and the lawyers that yes. do it. That would be great. Yes. Or the judges, <laughs> a couple of the corrupt judges, yes. put a guardianship yep. on them and see how they like it. Yeah, and you yeah. know you can just do it for you can do it with volunteer. You can do it for sixty days. Just put judges yep. and lawyers through a guardianship for sixty days, run by yep. ordinary citizens. Here's <laughs> another like the you like the Milgram that Stanford yeah. experiment with the prisoners. Yeah, yeah, oh, the students. I, I yeah, want to make see how. Uh, this is Reverend Ralph. I want to make another point I, I found out the other day or confirmed in a uh, case that uh, when a certain guardian, who I won't mention their name, uh, hired all these different people, you know, care managers and all that other stuff, and I asked the uh, attorney, I said, did uh, they ever sign or did you ever sign a contract that says when you hire a gar- when you hired that guardian, were they allowed to hire all these extra people? And the lawyer said no. So in other words, all those extra people that were hired by the guardian, you know, a lawyer or care manager and the assistant to the care manager and all, yeah. they, they put in invoices to get paid. Well, if yeah, you did right. not sign a contract saying they were allowed to do it, then that's an expense that the guardian should be paying for out of his profits. Not passing the right. uh, not passing the costs along to the uh, person, the victim, and and I thought well, that was really. How many people have done that? Simply allowed money to be taken out when these people never had the right to hire all those people and have somebody else pay for them. The judge right. just rubber stamps it. Yeah, all yeah. the time. The well, board is paying. For all the attorneys, yep. even if you go after the guardian, the you know your loved one is going to pay for that guardian's attorney. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that is the sickest part that's in all stop. of this. Yeah, that they get to sick, tap the estate to pay yeah, themselves to for fight. attacking this person. Yeah, yes. and that an that that needs to stop. And the the yes. the, the suggested. Uh, adoption is to prevent uh, gar- if if a guardian tries to fight you in a restoration of rights case and they don't win, which more and more will not win because they, then they cannot charge the estate. They have to suck up their own right. cost if they to keep trying once they are told no. So so that's going to slow that down if people would just adopt that. Yeah. It would slow down that process quite a bit. People, the guardians wouldn't Ra- feel so free just this to is Reverend Ralph gouge again. everybody. This is the Reverend Ralph again. But what's interesting is even in the criminal justice uh, business, as I call it, not system, the fact if you are accused of a crime, you hire a lawyer, you pay for that lawyer, even if you're found not guilty – the state right. doesn't reimburse you for the money it yeah. costs you. So you're you're found not guilty. You didn't do the crime according to their own rules, but you've wasted money, and you're giving it to that their system, the lawyer that is part yeah. of the legal system. What the heck? Right. Yeah. I yeah. Know. And we've got just a couple minutes here, 
everybody. And I want to remind you, especially if you're over 60 and you go to the doctor's office and they hand you a form and say, fill this out if you would. And I felt depressed one day a week, two days a week, three days a week. And it's like one to five from no to yeah all the time. Uh, And they'll ask you a whole series of questions along this line. I've considered suicide never all the time, you know, to all the time. Hand the paper back to them and tell them that is not the reason you made the appointment and let's get down to why I'm here. These are trapped tests and questions. And that information is passed on to attorneys, to potential guardians, to any number of people. Um, and you've admitted if you said, oh, yeah, I'm depressed all the time, um, and most people will answer that way, you've just set yourself up. That information does not stay there in the doctor's office. That information yes. is for sale. And, Marty, um, right. so you, Marty you that also involves – sorry to interrupt you. But, Marty, that yes, also yes. applies to the Second Amendment where these people, uh, if you know, they're trying to fish out. These doctors are trying to find out if you own guns. And they will use that information to be against yes. you as far as confiscation yeah. of your guns. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The whole pre-crime thing is pretty scary. Yeah. we got 50 wow. seconds left here. This has been a great show. Um, yeah. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Taz, Marsha, Reverend Ralph, we got to hey. do this again. Um, that was yeah, fun. This Absolutely. Is just, well, fun yeah. is not the word for it, yeah. I guess. Good conversation. Good conversation. Okay. And, uh, but I think it's important that these things get out there. And um, if you feel feel like you're living in a horror movie, it's because you are. And uh, yep. But it's the invasion yeah. of the body snatchers, and it's been going yes. on quite a while. Again, thank you everybody for tuning yes. in. We'll be back next okay, week. Thanks, Marty. See y'all. Yep. Have Bye-bye. a good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night.